Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? I am a no, living no, Mike, god. Actually, I, I am a living god. <laughs> That's how, how I'm doing, doing today, Josh. I am yeah. a living god because for our fans who were keeping track last week, I beat Josh this week in fantasy football. I am a living god. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah, I don't care how you feel. <laughs> you immediately took that back. when you asked, I didn't oh, even yeah. get into it. I had this planned the whole time. I had it planned what my answer was going to be when you asked me when we record this week. And you didn't even, you wouldn't even let me get through it. You immediately were like, no, this is bad. <laughs> yep. Saw that coming the second the words left my mouth. Hey, you know? listen, in all seriousness, I'm shocked that the this week went the way it did. Um, that makes two of us. I, I definitely wasn't anticipating that. I thought that, especially considering the fact that my team had so many bye weeks that I was going to be in trouble. Everything that could have gone wrong with your team went wrong and everything that could have gone right with my team went right. So I am, I am shocked, but also, Hey, I'm going to take some credit. I made some pretty good deals to try to get some players who I thought were going to have good weeks, but not amazing weeks. And then they had amazing weeks. Like I traded for Boyd. I thought he was going to have a breakthrough week to me. A breakthrough week is not 21 points. He, he was averaging like anywhere between three and six per week. And I thought, oh, maybe he'll get 12 this week, not 21. So there you go. Yeah, I think he had 12 uh, after his first catch. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <And> ridiculous. <laughs> your your kicker scored more points than Dak Prescott, so that didn't help either. Yeah, well, that was, that was a brilliant trade that I made earlier. I will take full credit for picking up Justin Tucker in a deal, so... Yeah, I uh, it was it was one of those weeks. This, it happens every year, sometimes multiple times, where everything goes wrong for one team and everything goes right for the other, and it's just a mess. Actually, I would say for, for some of our Super Bowl match last year between you and me had some of that because just some wild stuff happened to to some of my players, and it just like completely crushed me. Oh, yeah. yeah. If Antonio Brown had stayed in the game, you would have, it would have been much closer. <laughs> oh, it would have been way closer. I might not have won, but it would have actually been close as opposed to a blowout. But Antonio Brown danced out of our hearts and minds. <laughs> yep. Well, in the, the famous words of Bill Belichick, we're on to Cincinnati. Oh, whatever. You and <laughs> quoting Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Good. Quote Belichick now. The Belichick, Bill Belichick right now? to me, is a good metaphor for, for you, Josh, for your team. Because you're probably stunned. You're now 6-1. and one. We're halfway through our fantasy football season, and you and I are now tied for first place, and you're stunned. You don't know what to do. You're making weird moves left, right, and center. You're dropping players. You've been trying to offer to people in trades for like 12 weeks. You're all over the place. Yeah, because Mark Andrews is questionable. I need to fix that problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he uh, is he uh, questionable for this week? I didn't see that. Yeah, he hasn't practiced yet this week. And even oh. though he was on the field last week, you and I both saw how that worked out for me. Yep, and so, he hasn't practiced this week. That's not a good sign. That's no, and it's a short week. They play tonight. So <laughs> wait, you don't have another? You don't have a backup tight end? I have a backup tight end. It's Darren Waller, who's also questionable. He's also questionable. Yeah. <laughs> so you oh, see. Man. <laughs> 
I'm oh, making yeah. moves at a necessity at this point. Yes, you're sweating. You're sweating. You're dropping anyone to try to pick up a tight end that's not questionable to play. <laughs> oh, Seriously. That sucks. That's awful. That's like that's the worst. <clears throat> that that's happened to me already twice this year. Um, for more of the skill positions, where at least you have like a couple options on your bench. But when three or four players are all questionable or hurt or not playing well, you you start sweating bullets coming into the third. Yeah, and half the tar- the tight ends that I would have targeted got injured this past week, so they're not available anymore either. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That's the worst luck. That's awful. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully before get kickoff tonight, I'll get told that he's either out and I'll roll the dice with Waller, or he's in and I'll roll the dice that he does more than four yards of offense. I mean, they're supposed to tell you. What, what was it, 90 minutes before the game time? They're supposed to set their rosters for oh, yeah. and fantasy and stuff because it's such a lucrative business. But I still think that's too late. I think you should have to set your rosters earlier than that. That's just my opinion, but I'm sure this was negotiated. Yeah, I think it's probably negotiated in terms of the gamemanship between the teams mm-hmm. and then and then the, the betting and for the NFL to keep track of everything too. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the NFL <clears throat> had to. When betting came in, that's some of the issues that they're starting to have now with hockey because betting has just sort of started to go into hockey as well um their coaches are notorious in hockey for hiding issues like they just don't want to tell you anything but you can't do that for betting because this is a huge lucrative thing so the nhl had to do a bunch of different rules and they looked at what the nfl does and we're basically trying to do the same thing trying to do the same rules because that's what they have to do. Because it's lucrative, right? The NFL makes so much money off of these these types of programs, whether it's betting or fantasy or anything like that. So the NHL is now trying to capitalize on that, and they're seeing some resistance because the culture is don't say anything, <laughs> don't don't give away anything. Yeah, and, and that comes back to the gamemanship part of it. But I mean, it I don't know. For me, it's kind of different in football because, like, let's say, like for for the New Orleans Saints, you know, with Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. Last week, we had no idea who was playing until shortly before kickoff, who would be the starting quarterback. And it's like, does it really make a difference? Like, if you're on the defensive side of things, are you doing anything differently if one of them is playing over the other? I mean, you're doing the same thing. Probably not. I mean, I could see it being a difference if it was like Lamar Jackson or his backup. You didn't know who was going to be playing because that's two very different skill levels. Yep. But for most cases it's okay who does it really matter we're not going to change anything no no and i i agree and i think i think coaches overthink that stuff all the time they think they're playing mind games or they don't want to give away too much and at the end of the day most of the time it doesn't make a difference <laughs> like you're not going to stop playing defense yeah just because you know all someone else is in there <laughs> You know when it really drives me the most crazy is during the preseason when they clearly have a number one quarterback, but they refuse to say that he's going to be the starter. They're like, oh, no, no, it's still a competition. No, it's not. Who are you? Who are you (laughs) lying to? They're they're trying to lie to the players, but the players are smarter than that. Yeah, this guy is head and shoulders above the next closest quarterback on the team. He's going to be the starter. Like, Yeah, and it's not even close. Yeah, (laughs) let's just name him and we'll go from there. Yeah, and then there's always that big announcement about a week before the season where all the teams start like naming their starting quarterbacks. And like 99% of the time, you're just like, was this really worth a press release? Yeah. We know yeah. this person's your starting quarterback. Now you have to have a big announcement on social media about it. Like, it's just so weird. 
Yeah, I I don't understand some of it, but uh, we'll move on to more recent news in the NFL. And uh, James Robinson was the big news this week. <clears throat> big trade. So he is he is now a New York Jet. Big trade. Now this is a reaction to some injuries. Yeah, so the Jets wasted absolutely no time in replacing Brees Hall, which to me tells me that with what they've seen from Zach Wilson, that they want to keep the run game pretty heavily involved. Um, and and I think we learned from just Brees Hall's involvement that Michael Carter is not the guy for them. He'll no. still be a part of it, but he's not the he's not going to be their bell cow running back. See, to me, that definitely says that. And the two main takeaways I took away from that trade were, one, the Jets believe they're going to make the playoffs this year. It's something we talked about on the show last week, and I, and I truly believe it. A draft pick or any draft picks in the NFL mean a lot more than in any league. It means more than the NBA draft picks, than NHL draft picks, than, than MLB draft picks, because a lot of players who get drafted in the NFL in any round at minimum end up on the practice roster, and a lot of them start the next year. Like You get, you get solid rookies playing in the league on your team like every team has a couple of them and that's the thing that to me screams that the jets believe they're for real that the two new york teams might actually be real and and make the playoffs and that's that's shocking to me but if they were willing to spend that and go get someone like that they're saying we got to keep this offense rolling we have a chance to make the play yeah you know what they honestly might and i just don't understand how like yeah Honestly, both teams. Like I know, I know that there's a lot of talent on the Giants, and I'm and I'm not going to take anything away from from some of those talented players. The Giants' offense hasn't changed drastically, drastically in the past couple of years. It's been, you know, Saquon's actually healthy, but somehow they're making it work this year. With the Jets, I don't even know where to begin because half of these players were on the team last year and they were terrible. And half of these players, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know how these two New York teams are doing it. It's it's wild to me. Yeah, I mean, the Jets have the same record as the Cowboys. I, I don't understand <laughs> how this is happening, but like they have a better they have a better record than the Dolphins right now. Yeah. I mean that'll change a bit. Like I think with Tua back, I think the Dolphins are going to run here. But you you have to as a general manager, I just think you have to believe that in your team. And that you've got something strong here because you're going to, you know, sacrifice the future to go get something that really, I mean, it's not like Robinson's going to retire, but still you're sacrificing the future to get something that someone helps you right now. And if the Dolphins do get a bit better than, than the way they are, well, to me that that's already another competitive team. So, cause I think they changed it. So you get a few more teams in the playoffs now than you did a couple years ago but it's still a lower percentage than the rest of the league like there's a lot of good teams like you just named some of them the cowboys the dolphins that have had some struggles because of injury that i don't think i think they're a little better than the records suggest like i do think that they'll continue to improve so yeah you're it's a gamble but i i it's great it's great theater because now we're talking about this trade and I think that that's pretty incredible to see these New York Jets go from mediocrity to we're going to trade for another solid number one running back because ours is hurt and we believe we're a playoff team. 
Yeah, and the other side of it too is the Jaguars. So they clearly believe that Travis Etienne can be their guy, uh, unless they're planning on drafting another running back next year to make that yeah. two years in a row. Right. But for right now, they've seen enough from him that, yeah, we'll go with you. Yeah, because from the Jags, it is kind of a twofold thing where it's not just it's it isn't necessary that they're saying they're done. They they could just say we have other pieces we believe in, or we can draft and we want the draft capital. But I don't know oh, the Jaguars. They're one of the to me they're the one of the most disappointing teams for me this year because I thought they were going to take a step forward and they just have not done what I thought they would. They've shown flashes of it. But yeah, they're a team that's in a position where I think they they probably were thinking, hey, we've got someone here we like just as good as Robinson. We think he can take the next step. Let's get some draft picks and let's get some capital. Let's get some assets and just, you know, move forward and draft again in, in, in for next year. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the Jags are going to turn it around. <laughs> yeah, it's just so disappointing after the start to their season. Yeah. And, but we're... We are now uh, only days away from the NFL trade deadline. Five days away from it. Yeah, November first is that yep. the, the the official trade deadline? Yeah, this is the yep. most action I've seen. Yeah, um, we had in the past uh, couple of years. We had a few other trades this week uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the Cowboys trading for defensive linemen and the Eagles trading for a defensive end. Yeah, I mean. The Eagles again. I mean, they they've had a great year, so they're loading up, getting some defensive depth. I think that's a good move because the Eagles are are a Super Bowl contender. Like the way Hertz is playing, how could you not say they're a Super Bowl contender at this point? Oh, they absolutely are, and the, they're honestly in a great position because so they did trade away some some draft picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they sent away a fourth round draft pick to pick up Robert Quinn, the defensive end, but they still have multiple first round and second round picks in next year's draft because of yeah. moves that they had made previously. So they're in a position where they can expend some draft picks to boost this year and not have to worry about paying the bill down the road because they've already got so many next year and, and the following year. Yeah. That's what I would do. If I had more than one first rounder, I would trade one of the first rounders this year add some piece that I feel I'm missing because this, to me, this is their, their chance to really run away with it and make a big impact. And the fact that they have so much draft capital, if they have that much for next year, even if they just draft with all of them, that's again, an infusion of another probably good group of young players to help this young roster. That's getting better as the games go by. Like they just, they look, they look unstoppable. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know what else, you know, you can throw at them. It'll be interesting to see how if they can sustain this throughout the, the rest of the year, but they just look like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, they're they're on top of everything from what I've seen on both sides of the ball. Um, now, the Cowboys on the other side of it, they have been struggling. Now, the defense has been leading while Dak was gone, but... Uh, that, that can only get you so far. So, so they also made some improvements with Jonathan Hankins uh, at defensive tackle because they were having some issues stopping the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that cost them a six-round pick. So neither of these teams are really 
selling the farm in terms of their draft picks. They're, they're later round picks. Um, but I don't know how many the Cowboys have for next year. So I don't know if that was yeah. a more valuable pick for them or not. Yeah, the Cowboys, that's a bit of a different scenario. Like they're a good team, but yeah, there's that to me is a bit more of a risk. Um, but again, they probably just assume, okay, we've got Dak coming back. We did well without him. So add him to it. We're a better team than even, I think they've only lost two games. It's not like they, they've lost a lot of games, but I just think they've, they've won some close ones. They've played some not so great teams. I think they're, they are in a position to do well to get to the playoffs. I just don't know looking around if they're really the cream of the crop, but again, you're right later, later round pick, right? So maybe it's less damaging. So the, the, I think the problem that the Cowboys are going to face, especially when it comes towards the playoffs, is that they're third in their division right now with five wins. Because they share a division with the Eagles and the Giants, who both yeah. have six wins right now and who yeah. have been looking great. Yeah. So I now I think that the way the playoff picture is formatted now, they could still get in. Oh yes, yeah. You um, can get even in the even wild card. Yeah, even as the third in their division, so they might be able to sneak in uh, as a wild card team. But I don't see them getting anywhere near like a first week buy or anything like that. Yeah, really, the divisions set up your still your your top four teams. There are seven now, I believe, who make the playoffs. First place in your whole like conference gets gets the buy, and then it's basically two versus seven, three versus six, uh, four versus five. And the three teams who have home field are your three division winners. So they can't get home field. No, right? they're they, definitely not. They're right now with the Giants. They're probably like in there for that fifth, sixth spot at, at best. Yeah, so right. I'm just looking at it now. Road. And it looks like the Giants are fifth and Cowboys are sixth. Okay, so the Cowboys would play a division winner the third division winner. Um, and again, they have to go on the road, which is tough. Like it, it is, it makes a difference home field advantage. So depending upon who they play, that's going to be tough. And if that's their, their best, they can probably finish as fifth place. That's, that's a tough road. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's a tough road to climb. Oh, absolutely. But uh, we'll get on into the review of this past week when everything went bad for me and everything went well for you. Great week. Solid, <clears throat> solid effort all around, boys. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with uh, the quarterbacks and some of the conquerors from last week. So Joe Burrow had uh, another great week. And I do want to touch on him briefly because they have, the Bengals offense has switched to, in, from being run heavy to pass heavy. And that has done absolute wonders for Joe Burrow for fantasy. He is throwing the ball so much each week. Mm-hmm. And he's got such a good core of receivers, even when they decide they want to invo- involve Tyler Boyd in the week that you play me. Yeah. He's, <laughs> the he's only still. <laughs> yeah. You know what bothered me the most about that was that he did so well and T, T. Higgins barely did anything. Yeah. Like, T. Higgins didn't do anything. Boyd had a great week. Now, Boyd, one of the reasons I traded for Boyd was even though he had a couple weeks where I think he, you know, in our league, he only scored like three points or whatever. He gets targeted every single game. He gets multiple targets every single game. They try to get him involved. Um, Higgins disappears. Like I know he's, he should be a better, but he can disappear completely. So I, 
you, you never know with Cincinnati, but the way Joe Burrow is throwing the ball right now, he is using multiple weapons. So I would not be surprised if Higgins is the is next week's big receiver and then Chase is the one after. Like I think he's just gonna use the targets he has and spread the ball around. Well you just traded for Higgins, didn't you? I did. I did just trade for Higgins. And the defense. You're just loading up on Bengals. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a slightly more strategic move than it was necessarily about the particular players. Um, I'm playing more of a positional need game, but I do believe the Bengals have turned a corner here. Like, I think, I mean, they play Cleveland, I think, this week. Um, and, they do, you yeah. know, they looking at the schedule, at least for the next couple of games, I'm pretty sure they play, I don't have it right in front of me, but Carolina and Pittsburgh in the next couple of games. They have a buy in there somewhere. They play Tennessee. And then they get back to like a bit of a tougher schedule. So I just believe in their next little bit that if Burrow's playing this well, I think the team's going to be rocking around them. I really do. Yeah. So their next games are Cleveland, Carolina, a bye, then Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. Pittsburgh. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then, and then their next then it gets challenge harder. is Kansas City. Yeah. Again, like yeah. then it'll get harder. And then again, then I think they play Cleveland again, but like Deshaun Watson might be back. I don't know what's going on with him, but like again, that might change Cleveland a bit. I don't think he's eligible to play until week 12. 12? Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought it was, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, well, he has an 11-week suspension, so I would assume that 11th game is counted. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, Well, now I don't know if it counts their bye week or not as one of those weeks. So That's a good question. If, if it's 11 know. games, then technically it wouldn't be until week 13 that he would play because their bye is, I think, in week 9. Yeah, is it games or weeks that he was suspended, I guess, is the question. Something I'll have to look at because he's sitting yeah. on my uh, my bench in case yeah, I need a backup quarterback. Third quarterback guy after making fun of me for having three for so long. Now suddenly Josh is three quarterback guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I needed to replace Hertz this week, and then I figured I would just scoop up Deshaun Watson before anyone else did, and then Dak Prescott will get get put out to pasture at some point. Yes, yeah. Especially if he keeps playing poorly, then that'll be sooner Which than later. Might happen. You never know with him. Dak for fantasy is inconsistent yeah. at best. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some other quarterbacks who did well this week were Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, and the Bears pulled off the upset. Wasn't even close. It was close nope. for for the first two drives that Bailey Zappi played, mm-hmm. and then after that, it went downhill. Yeah, for about four minutes, five minutes in the game, it was super close, and then uh, Chicago did something they've never done before. Yeah. Ever. And, but even <laughs> even more surprising is they did it even with the amount of turnovers that the Patriots forced. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. they forced a couple of fumbles and never recovered them, so I think that could have been game-changing too. But like Bears did not play great offensively. I think the Patriots just played terrible on both sides of the ball. Yeah, the Patriots are in trouble. <clears throat> They're in a lot of trouble here. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes against the Jets this week. Uh, Jets are going to crush them. That's my point. <laughs> going to absolutely Maybe. destroy them. Maybe. Uh, some other quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, Davis Mills, uh, Justin Herbert, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, some busts on the week. Jared Goff, we told you to sit him anyways, going against yeah. the Cowboys defense, and he did nothing. He uh, he had three turnovers, or four turnovers, sorry. Yeah, not a great time. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Zach Wilson, Brett Ripien, the two of them dueling in that game was just sad to watch. Yeah, it was awful. 
<laughs> just just terrible to watch. And that will be Matt, the only game that Tom Brady watched this week. Probably, probably. Uh, Mac Jones, uh, he only played for, I think, a quarter, not even, before he got pulled, so he hurt you. Uh, running back conquerors of the week, Josh Jacobs. So he's had a great past three weeks. And uh, did you watch that game this week, Mike? I did. I yeah, did. three that touchdowns. Jacobs was running all over them. It was they just... they could not stop him for whatever no, reason. Just couldn't do it. No, yeah. no. And and for anyone who has Josh Jacobs, just like you're saying, he has been like dynamite the past couple weeks. Yeah, and now I mean Houston. Houston has a terrible run defense, so it's it's not overly surprising. But it seemed like every time he touched the ball, it was going for a first down. Like it mm. was just crazy. Um, so if you if you can make a trade for him before your fantasy trade deadline, it's looking like they're wanting to use him a lot more. So it might not be a bad target. Um, another player who had another great week was Kenneth Walker. So he's picked up right off where Rashad Penny finished. Seattle's got a good run game. It it seems like they're kind of switching to the classic Seattle run the ball rather than throwing it. I don't blame them with Geno Smith, who has performed well. But, I mean, he is not your elite quarterback that you had when you had Russell Wilson, right? So the run game's working. You might as well stick with it. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Nick Chubb, Gus Edwards, Joe Mixon, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, good week for running backs this week. A lot of big weeks out there, especially for a lot of the bigger names. Not that many disappointing weeks. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean... The entire Buccaneers offense disappointed yeah. you this week, yes. really. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, AJ Dillon, Kenyon Drake, and Damian Harris all had terrible, terrible games um, for wide receivers. So, we'll start off with two Bengals, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Both yeah. had amazing weeks. Great weeks for both of them, yeah. Uh, McCole Hardman for the Chiefs. Uh, he had 28 yards and two rushing touchdowns to go with his 32 receiving yards and a touchdown. So kind of like a Debo Samuel this past week. But it's tough unfortunately, with the Chiefs though, you know, like yeah, it's just, it's every so week hard. it's someone different. Yeah. And that's, they don't, it's not just, you know, Kelsey Hill, you can count on them. Like I, I think this is maybe the second like good week that Hardman has had the first, like really fantastic week. So yeah, it's just so hard. You want, you want to, to play Chiefs. But they just they they spread the ball around too much. They they don't really have their key targets. So unless you have Patrick Mahomes, it's hard to know who to start. Yeah, the guy you really want would be Mahomes because he's always involved in it. But yeah, for mm-hmm. the receivers, you might have a great week and then you got a nothing week, and that's just how it's going to be now because they don't have those that that number one receiver that they're hyper targeting anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Paris Campbell, Marquise Goodwin, DJ Moore. So he's finally back to fantasy relevance. Uh, we'll talk more about him later. Um, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams. Unfortunately, he got injured in that game, and he's going to be out for a while now. Um, and George Pickens, the new favorite target for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I think if you're going to pick up anyone, like if you need a receiver, see if you can grab Pickens because you yeah. should be swooping him up because I really think – I don't think this is like – not, I really don't think Kenny Pickett 
is just randomly doing this, I think there's a connection between the two of them. And I think he is be- going to become a favorite target moving forward. Like, I think people should really go and pick him up. Oh, yeah. If uh, if Trubisky's on the field, then it seems like Johnson is the main guy. If Pickett's on the field, then it seems like Pickens is the, the main guy. Yeah. So you absolutely should be trying to scoop him up um, if you if you have the room for him. Some busts on the week. DK Metcalf, Drake London. So now the Falcons offense has just been infuriating lately if you have one of their <laughs> yeah. pass catchers because they were down by multiple scores for a large portion of the game this week. And their quarterback only threw the ball, I think, 13 times. It's like they don't want to win. <laughs> that is exactly what it's like. If if the game if you're down even ten points, you want to kill some of the clock. You know, okay, we'll get a defensive stop. We're going to run the ball, and the run game's working. Fine, go for it. You're down multiple scores, and you're insisting on running the ball and not letting your quarterback throw it to give your offense a chance. What are you doing? He had thirteen yeah. attempts, and he completed eight of them. Yeah, you're not you're not winning a game, let alone a game that you're already losing by doing that. So I don't know what is going on in Atlanta, but I don't think you can start any of the receivers anymore until you see something change there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, unfortunately, left after his first catch with uh, concussion symptoms. I believe it was ruled after the game he did not actually suffer a concussion, um, but because of those new. Uh, safety protocols that they put in that uh, he had to be removed because he was showing instability. Um, mm. But I think afterwards they came out and said that he's actually not not diagnosed with uh, with concussion, which is good for him. Like that's if you yep, can not absolutely. get diagnosed, like that's that's your best case scenario because your road to re- your road to recovery is going to be a lot smoother. Yeah, so it says here uh, was not diagnosed with a concussion, but entered the protocol because he displayed instability during the game. So that's yeah. as a result of uh, the injury that Tua Tigo Vailoa suffered and the new rules that they made afterwards. Um, so he still has to clear the concussion protocol, but you're right, it should be a much simpler process where he doesn't actually have a, an actual diagnosed concussion. Um, so Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods, and Garrett Wilson all had poor games. So tight ends, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, David Njoku. He unfortunately also was injured. I think he's expected to miss two to five weeks right now with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, two to five is such a – that worries me a bit because that's such a, a big range, two to five weeks, that it really tells you they don't know how he's going to recover from this. Yeah, and a high ankle sprain, I mean, it can go from anywhere to – it is only two weeks and you're back. It can be season ending. Like it, it can be all over the place. He seems to be of the impression that he's fine and he'll be back shortly, but he was also in a walking boot and crutches after the game. So mm-hmm. not usually a good sign that your leg nope. is working properly. <laughs> not a good sign. Um, Greg, I think it's Greg Dolchich. I think that's how it's pronounced. I spoke about him last week and said to keep an eye on him. He had a good week this week uh, in PPR formats. Um, he had six receptions for 51 yards, so 11.1 points is not too bad for a tight end, especially with their current climate. Uh, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram, Cade Otten, and Pat Fryermuth. <clears throat> and the busts. So Mark Andrews in my starting lineup with one rush attempt for four yards. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Just, I'm glad I was not able to watch that game because I'm sure I would have been screaming at the television. Uh, yeah, you would have been. As someone who watched that game, you would have been. <laughs> oh, just oh, infuriating. Okay. Kyle Pitts. Uh, again, that comes back to the fact that Marcus Mariota was not throwing the ball. And he had three receptions, so he made up almost half of the completions that Mariota did have. So he's still clearly involved, but as long as the offense is going the way that it is, he's worthless to you in fantasy, unfortunately. And if you could find a buyer for him, maybe you can capitalize on the name value and just hope that the Falcons insist on running the ball for the rest of the season. Or you can hope that they change it around and Kyle Pitts will be a late round, uh, end of season boom and uh, might be able to get you through the playoffs. But at this point, you're gambling either way. And we're seven weeks down now and he's done nothing for you. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, we spoke about him last week because you didn't know who he was. Still so, not. <laughs> well, unfortunately, he's, uh, I believe, having surgery on his eyeball now after getting poked in the eye. Um, it was a pretty bloody injury, actually. So he had to leave yeah. the game. And he only had one reception for 13 yards before that. So hopefully he has no long-term damage from that. Um, but he's going to be out for a while now, it sounds like. Uh, Noah Fant and Hunter Henry were the other two big busts at the tight end position so let's close the door on that we're moving on to cincinnati moving on to a new week here <clears throat> yeah let's see who you got here i'm i'm very interested to talk about some starts and sits here so yeah i'm this is uh all these bye weeks the weeks when there are buys out there this is where to me that especially in fantasy things get really interesting because you yeah. have to be a good manager <clears throat> to manage these people with buys. So I'm very interested to see who you're, who you're pointing at to say, okay, let's give this individual a start. Yeah. And just for the record, for anyone who has either forgotten or hasn't checked their lineups yet. So this week, the Kansas city chiefs and the LA chargers are on by. So make your adjustments accordingly, but we'll get into our starts and sits for this week. We'll start off with the quarterbacks and as per usual, you can read the full article. It'll be released on Friday uh, before the week eight matchups on our website, conqueryourdraft.com. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably out now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, yeah. it's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be. So go to the website, check it out. Yeah. So we'll start off with quarterbacks. So we've got PJ Walker, Jared Goff, and Dak Prescott this week. Um. So... <laughs> PJ Walker <laughs> like first of all who's that guy and second of all why oh you mean uh, QB 13 on the week uh, PJ Walker yes, against I mean, I know the Tampany Buccaneers you really really believe that he's going to be able to, to repeat a performance like that I do because of the matchup okay so he, he performed well as uh the quarterback against the Buccaneers, and he's clearly proven enough to the Carolina Panthers that he deserves to be there because the coach has already said he's earned it. The energy mm -hmm. is there. We're keeping him. So clearly they have faith in him, which makes me believe that they're going to be using him in the passing game, especially with McCaffrey gone. They're, they're going to lean more that way. And this week they're going up against the Falcons, so in a much easier matchup for him. And I, I mean... You already said it. We're in bye week area now. We've had injuries, you know. So if you're in a if you're in a position where PJ Walker is on your radar, 
clearly either something's gone wrong and your starter was injured or your starter's on a bye this week. So mm-hmm. by, by no means should you be like rushing to pick up PJ Walker and putting him in your starting lineup over your regular guy. But, you know, if you're debating between PJ Walker, Zach Wilson, something like that, go with Walker. It's a much easier matchup. He did well enough against a tough Buccaneers defense. So we can see if he can uh, repeat it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll move on to running backs. <clears throat> so we've got Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Joe Mixon, and Josh Jacobs this week. Well, um, you wanted to talk a little bit about Joe Mixon. Um, I didn't have anyone else to talk about because I, I think I understand where you're going with all these, but talk a bit about Joe Mixon. Uh, sorry, I just got some breaking news here. So oh. the Gi- Giants are trading wide receiver Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs Whoa. for uh, for a third and sixth rounder to the New York Giants. Oh, that's oh, hold on, that's shocking to me. Why would the Giants give up a, a young receiver piece for two draft picks when they're they're like in a rare form playoff spot that they've never been in before. Like I understand hundred percent why the, the chiefs are doing this, but wow, that's, that's a shocker that the Giants would be giving up a receiver. Well, I think there, well, there's been a lot of issues with Tony's health. Like he has not been mm-hmm. able to stay healthy and on the field. And I think another part of it too is, and now this is, I'm going off my memory here, so I can't confirm this right now. But I do believe that there had been some behavioral issues with the team. Right. Um, so I'm thinking just between those two factors and the fact that he hasn't really done anything this year because he's been injured most of it, that they're just trying to cut bait while they can still get something for him. Mm-hmm. And a third and sixth round or pick, or, that's not really a, that's not a light offer. No, that's uh, great. And I mean, he is a talented receiver who, yes, has had some injury issues. And I guess I, I didn't hear about um, anything re- regarding personality, but obviously that's a big factor too. And the Chiefs might just feel, hey, we can throw in another receiver piece where we're struggling to find some continuity here. Let's get another young, talented receiver and, and put him in there. I get why the Chiefs are doing this. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, wow, that's a, that's a big, to me, that's a pretty big trade because the Giants are bringing back draft picks not something to help their lineup right now. I would have been less surprised if they'd be like, hey, we'll trade you this guy we're having problems with for one of your receivers that hasn't worked for you and bring in a veteran receiver or a receiver who can kind of support uh, Danny Dimes there because uh, they're going to need something, I think, if they're if they're going to push through and actually be a playoff team and compete. But yeah, there you go. Wow, that's a pretty, uh, that's a significant trade, I think. Yeah, so the Giants have Wandale Robinson back now, and he seemed to have a pretty good role uh, uh, last week. I think he's listed as their number one wide receiver now, so maybe they just saw enough with him that mm-hmm. they're comfortable going with, okay, that's good enough. We'll we'll look to, to shoring it up next year in the draft, but for now we'll lean on uh, Robinson. Yeah. And and again, I'm not a hundred percent on the personality uh, issues with the Giants. That is just something I thought I had heard, but uh, right, you might have heard something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that might may or may not have had an impact in it. But the impression that I'm getting from my initial reaction here is just that they're 
trying to get the best value for them while they still can. And clearly they're expecting the guys that they have between Slayton and Robinson to be good enough to get them through this year. And then I imagine they'll draft one early next year. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Back to our, our running backs. Yeah. So um, Joe Mixon, that's kind of where we left yeah. off. Um, so tell me more about what you see for Mixon this week. Yeah. So the Bengals have been electric lately. We've already talked about that, especially in their passing game, but they've still been keeping Mixon pretty heavily involved. And he still had a very good involvement in the passing game out of the backfield. So if, if you have a, a PPR format, Mixon has been very good for you so far this year because he's had so many receptions out of the backfield. Um, and this week they're going up against the Cleveland Browns, who for the multiple weeks now we've seen can be beaten on the ground. So I imagine that the, the Bengals are going to be using Mixon quite a lot, especially in the red zone. Like we just saw Gus Edwards score twice on them in the red zone. We saw Austin Eckler run all over them the week before that. So I think once they get in closer to the goal line, we should see plenty of work for Mixon. And I think it's going to result in him getting a couple touchdowns. So he should have a big week this week. Um, But we'll move on to our wide receiver starts. So we've got DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Olave. Yeah, I mean, Hopkins coming back from injury, I think that makes sense. Um, To me, I kind of wanted to talk about DJ Moore. Um, I know he kind of came back to relevance this past week. You see that continuing? I see it continuing because I think it's a matter of necessity. Um, (laughs) They don't have anyone else, really. Like, how long can you lean on Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard? Like, they, they are not. Christian McCaffrey and they never will be so your running game is now average at best um, and DJ Moore is a great football talent the issue that he has had for the majority of his career is that the guy throwing him the ball is not very good so we went through Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold clearly wasn't good enough either because they went with PJ Walker instead mm. and uh, we've seen nothing from DJ Moore this year except for when PJ Walker's been on the field last week so maybe that was just a, a flash in the pan and DJ Moore is not going to do anything else for the rest of the year. But I think just the way that their offense is, they have to pass the ball now and he is their best receiver. So I think that the rookie uh, wide receiver is going to be targeting DJ Moore. There you go. And, and like I said, with, with the matchup that they're in, they're going to be throwing the ball plenty. So I, I just think that Moore is going to have a lot of targets this week. So for tight ends, we had Tyler Higbee, Irv Smith Jr., and Dallas Goddard. Well, you know, tight ends, we talk about this every week, the kind of ups and downs here. Um, And unless you have an elite three or four tight ends, then you're kind of just throwing it. I just, I haven't seen anything out of Tyler Higbee this year that I've liked. You've got him as a starter, so talk about Tyler Higbee. So the reason for... Tyler Higby is because the 49ers just picked up Christian McCaffrey and he now has had a full week to practice with and learn their playbook. So that he's going to be heavily involved. So that just gave the 49ers a significant boost in their offense. Hmm. So as a result of that, the Rams are going to have to be pedal to the metal throughout this entire game. I think in terms of their offense to try to stay ahead and with the issues that they've had with their run game, you know, trying to trade Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson's not been doing much. They're having to focus on their passing game. And in the weeks when Matthew Stafford has been throwing it a lot, 
Tyler Higby has gotten a lot of targets and it's worked out well for him. Um, and I think that this is going to be this week based on the matchup and the situation on the running game. So I think Stafford's going to be throwing the ball a lot. So he's not a bad start either. But the 49ers have a very strong defense, so I don't know if you're willing to risk that. But Higby should be a pretty safe floor option, especially in a PPR format, because I think he is going to get a lot of those targets. And the 49ers aren't anything special against defending the tight ends. Um, And I think they're going to be focusing on Cooper Cup. Uh, And rightly so. I mean, he is by far their, their best offensive player. So I think Higby should be able to clean up a lot of those underneath targets. And uh, if he can get one in the red zone, then you've got a great fantasy week right there. Yeah. So we'll move on to our sits. So at the quarterback position, we've got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Um, Bye-bye, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, okay, talk, <laughs> but talk about uh, talk about Zach Wilson and what you see for him with with the Jets this week. Because I would look at that matchup and say, I think they're they're going to crush him. I think they're going to crush the Patriots. So what do you see? So, I I think that the Patriots defense is still a good defense, despite what we just saw last week, because <laughs> um, they still force turnovers and. Now, Justin Fields beat them on the ground. That's where he got a lot of his production, was running the football. Uh, Zach Wilson is not as strong of a runner as Justin Fields. And over the past three weeks, his best finish has been, I think, 14 fantasy points. Um, So Mm -hmm. he's not been doing great for the Jets offense. And he's not throwing the ball as much. So when Flacco was around, they were throwing the ball like 40 to 50 times a game. In the past three weeks, Zach Wilson's highest throws were was last week against Denver for 26 attempts. So he's not throwing the ball very much. They were leaning on the run game with Brees Hall. Now this week, right. they've got James Robinson coming in and uh, Michael Carter. So the odds are that James Robinson is not going to be fully up to speed in their offense. Um, probably going to be sharing work with Michael Carter. So that that run game is not going to be as electric as it could be. And he's not throwing the ball. So there's there's not a lot going on there for him in terms of fantasy value. Like he has not really been startable for the past few weeks. Um, and the Patriots defense is a, a, a tough matchup for any quarterback. So I, I just don't think that he's going to be able to replicate what the Bears just pulled off against them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just, you know, I, I don't know if the Patriots, I don't know if the Patriots have much left. Like I think maybe you're right. Maybe this will be one of those defensive games or low offensive games where the Jets still win, but not by much. I just, I have no faith in, in what the Patriots are doing right now. Like, I just think they've been, they've been so mediocre. Certainly I believe offensively they've got nothing, but you made a good compelling point. It's possible that they could just keep this a closer kind of shutdown game and not get completely uh, blown out. Like I'm sure Belichick ripped into them. (laughs) Oh yeah. After that game. (laughs) Yeah, I would not want to be in that locker room after that game. Um, We'll move on to our running backs. So Aaron Jones, James Robinson, and Tyler Algier are the uh, sits for this week. Yeah, I mean, James Robinson, um, you're saying sit after a a big trade. You don't think that he's going to click with the new team right away? No, I think it's it's always hard. Like, I mean, we just saw with Christian McCaffrey. Now, obviously, that was later in the week, but he was involved, but... There's only so much that you can learn in that short of a time frame, right? Uh, It's a new system, new teammates, new coaches. 
new offensive schemes. It, it's tough to learn. And obviously these guys are professionals and they will pick it up very quickly. But part of it is too, is you need to, as the coach, you need to trust that he's going to know what he's doing. Um, and I think that maybe not, I think this week will be kind of like a buffer. We'll probably see him on the field, but not for a, any huge amount of the game. He'll probably be splitting with Michael Carter. So that alone is capping his fantasy upside. Um, but since week three, so in the first three weeks, his worst performance in PPR was 15.8 points. In the weeks since then, his best performance has been 6.5 PPR points. Mm. So whatever was going on at the start of the season clearly faded. And that was probably a pretty big factor in what led to him being traded away by the Jaguars in the first place. Um, but with the short turnaround time, a little over half a week of practice, splitting time with Michael Carter is probably what's going to end up happening. And they're going up against the Patriots defense, who I'm I'm expecting will bounce back from the Bears. And yeah, I, I just I can't see him having a great week this week. I think that he will probably work out for the Jets in the long run, but just not this week. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so ty- wide receivers this week, we had Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, and your your fantasy hero, Tyler Boyd. My fantasy hero, Tyler Boyd. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was going to say, oh, we'll talk about Tyler Boyd then because he was my fantasy hero. But uh, I would really like to hear your thoughts on Cortland Sutton, a.k.a. also known as the biggest trade bait that Josh was trying to use in our league to trade with people for some really big names. So uh, what, you suddenly don't like him anymore? You don't think he's he's so good? No, if, if I could have found anyone who is willing to give me a tight end for Cortland <laughs> anyway, Sutton. Any tight I, end too? Like just whatever, on, I don't care anymore. Honestly, it, it was getting to that point. Like I was eyeballing, like I was looking at Evan Ingram and I was like, oh, maybe. But I was like, no, I, I can't do that. I can't go that low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wanted Cortland Sutton. No. And uh, well, I got put in the position. Somebody ended up dropping Darren Waller because of his injury. So I, I dropped Cortland Sutton to pick up Darren Waller. So I think I got a good enough return value on that. But Coron Sutton is just unfortunately performing poorly because the Broncos offense has been performing so poorly. Um, he, over the past three weeks, he's uh, had a total of 21.1 points in PPR formats. And more than half of those came in a single game in week five. So with the way that Russell Wilson has been playing, he's injured, he's in, he's out, he's he's all over the place. He has not been playing well, and as a result, the receivers are going to suffer. So, so Sutton has suffered. And lately, Sutton hasn't been helping himself either because he's only averaging a catch rate of 48% over the past three weeks. So mm-hmm. that's not even really a good argument for him to be like, hey, throw me the ball more because you're only catching it half the time we throw it to you. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe... Maybe that's a factor because of Russell Wilson's health and uh, Brett Ripien last week. Uh, obviously not an elite quarterback. So maybe that's part of what's bringing his numbers down. But, I mean, at this point, I don't think you can trust Sutton. And you're probably better off leaving him on your bench or, or trying to find a trade offer if you don't want to wait for Denver to fix its offense. Yeah, I mean, I I've said it to you. I don't know if we've talked about it on air, my feelings about Denver, but I know I've said it to you. I think they're done. I think 
you can, I personally think you can just get rid of any Denver offensive player. I don't think they have anything going for them. I don't think Wilson's going to snap out of it here. I think this is just who they are. So I totally get where you're coming from. I don't think Sutton is a safe bet to be playing this week. If you have any other option, put in some other players because I just don't think Denver is going to have a, a good week. No, no. Even with the matchup against the Jaguars, I mean, it could go either way. They could have a great okay. week, but could be one. Of, I, just... I think it could be one of those twelve nine games. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Field goal, field Even goal, the games goal. they're winning, they're, they've been so low scoring that it's useless mm-hmm. for fantasy. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll finish up here with tight ends. Uh, Robert Tunyon, Pat Fryermuth, and Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I mean, kind of my similar thoughts. Don't don't play any Packers. Um, you're just <laughs> asking for yourself to lose there. But I was a little surprised to see Dalton Schultz on there. Um, what do you see with what's going on with the Cowboys? So now that Dak is back, Schultz should have a better future. Um, but right now he's been dealing with that knee injury to, I believe, his teller area um and he's tweaked it once already in practice so it's still causing him issues uh last week we saw him getting rotated off the field uh for backup tight ends so it's clearly impacting his play time that now that might be them just managing his injury and trying to make it become avoid it make it worse mm-hmm. but whenever you're getting pulled off the field it's going to hurt your fantasy ceiling and this week they're going up against the Chicago Bears who have a much worse run defense than a pass defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys are leaning more on the ground game this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, I get it if you have to play Schultz. He's a, he is a good tight end, and there aren't very many out there. But just with, with the way things have been kind of murky with him lately with his knee and his playing time, if you can afford to hold off on him for a week or two and just make sure that he's back to full health and back into it with Dak Prescott, then by all means. But again, I understand if you got to start him because you don't have much better options. I mean, I've got two tight ends on my team and I don't even think I can start either of them this week. So yeah, it's, it is that it is the troublesome position this year. Like I think most people can probably understand that even with injuries aside, this, the tight end position's, you're rolling to die with whoever you throw in there. There's just a handful of people that I think are really good. And then you've got a couple who are up and down inconsistent. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat or I've been in the same boat. I I've traded tight ends around. I have Taysom Hill now who's kind of a weird tight end, but still gets, gets your points. Um, and I just think that regardless of certain play, it doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't matter how well he plays. It's still a roll to die that he even touches the ball once. And maybe that one time he touches the ball, it's a touchdown. And then there you go, you got nine points. <laughs> you know, as yeah. opposed to, oh, he touched the ball once, got seven yards, and that's it. Which is like what happened to Andrews, right? Yeah. You know, one touch. It could be a touchdown, and suddenly you have a decent week. But, you know, you never know. That's all I needed. I just needed him to catch one pass in the end zone. And I would have been way better off. I think I still would have lost. I you think still would have lost, lost. But- but you yeah. would have been it would have been a close it would have made the Monday night Monday nighter even closer and then the the defensive performance of the Patriots still would have hurt you but it would have made it very very close yeah oh well oh well <laughs> yeah as you say on to Cincinnati we'll see on to Cincinnati I mean, listen, we're on to Cincinnati I've said it before and I I always like that we end our episodes kind of recapping a little bit what's going on in our league 
Um, this is a fantasy draft podcast after all. So I, I like that we get a little bit of that insight. As I said before, I think you and I and maybe three other teams, like there might be five teams in our league total who should worry you at any point in time. Like there are maybe five teams that will really compete. I know anything can happen once you get into fantasy playoffs, but I think I think this is going to come down to four. Maybe you could make an argument for a fifth team that are are quite good. So if you can finish one, two in our league, you should be able to win your first round playoff matchup. You should be able to. Yeah, Far well, I should. Obviously. I I should have been able to win last week, and I didn't. So who knows? Everything's yeah. Up in the well, air. yes, but nothing yeah, matters. One, one, yes. Randomness happens. I'm also a talented general manager who made some great moves, and me, <laughs> me at my best, and your team at your best would be pretty darn close. Like I don't think it's a massive gap. So I was, I was missing. Th- don't forget this week. I was missing three key players too. That really yeah. run my offense. So. <laughs> yeah, we were both missing big pieces that you know weren't there. Yeah, your backup players just did better than mine. Yeah, by and some of my starters too. <laughs> yeah, since some of your starters just for some reason forgot to play this week. Yeah. Oh my. Well, uh, you can reach out to us on social media at uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Conquer Your Draft. Uh, you can reach out to us by email at contact at Conquer Your Draft. If you have any questions for the show that you'd like to have answered on air, you could send us those emails and send them in probably early in the week before the matchups. You know, if you aim for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's probably your best bet to get them answered on air. Yeah. Uh, there's also a form on the podcast page of our website at conqueredraft.com where you can fill out and send it to us directly. We can answer those on air for you as well. Yep. And we'd love to hear from you. So write in and we'll answer your questions on air. All right. Uh, Anything else you wanted to talk about, Mike? No, I think that's good. I'm excited for another week of football. Again, I, even though there were some not so great games this week, I thought it was another entertaining week. I I love these kind of bye weeks because this is where it separates the good GMs from the bad ones. Use the waiver wire. Got to make some trades. Got to, you know, put in, put in your lineup and see what happens. I love it. All right. Good luck with your matchups, everyone, and we'll see you next week.